Today I'm going to be talking about how to heal our nation. And let me just give you some things. This is, I'm saying this not to create fear by any means. People of faith, if you are here and you know Jesus, um, you should not have fear. If you're still on a journey getting to know who Jesus is, we're glad you're here or joining us online. But this week we passed over 200,000 COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. And Dr. Fossey, as we know him, warns it will still be a challenging time this fall and winter. What is going to come this fall and winter. Civil unrest with a ruling of Breonna Taylor this week at the hands of police officers and uh, community has erupted with the response of the judge's um, decision on that. Political fighting over the new appointment to replace the passing of Justice Ginsburg. And actually just last night, our president has selected uh, 48-year-old Amy Connie Barrett to replace her, but yet that is causing so much tension between our political parties. And, and then here we have, uh, the fight has just begun over the, this presidential race, and the first debate will be this Tuesday. Um, and then here we are, New Hampshire, straight, stage three drought, right? It seems so minor comparatively to fires in the West, and actually I just heard today as well that um, eight states in Texas, they found a brain-eating Ebola uh, in their water, and now they're calling a state of emergency for those cities. What is happening to our earth? Well, uh, let me give you a little more personal story. This morning, we get a call from our sound tech saying, um, I've had an incident. I won't be able to be in. Uh, thankfully, is he give you a big hand here, and we'll know why in a minute. Um, he, was, he was the victim of road rage this morning. Um, somebody wasn't happy of how his driving was and at a red stoplight, went to his car and took a knife to his window and broke his window. Is our world a little bit sick right now? Is our earth crying out? Are the signs of the times revealing something to us? And does our land need healing? And I would say, yes, right? Our land needs healing. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Mark Warren, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here. We're, we're here to help you get ready to meet Jesus face to face. And we do this by reaching the lost, caring for the least, and training the found. Well, I want to let you know, though, the, the earth and the politics have experienced groaning like this before. Uh, now, I wasn't around. This is the most I've ever seen this kind of turmoil in our world, in my life. But there has been times in our history that this has also been the case, and we need to learn from those times, and we need to learn of how people responded to God or didn't respond to God and the interesting thing is every time when people turned away from God, their freedoms were being lost and those then who took the time to come back to God and make him the Lord of their life, to put them back into center of society, then freedom was given to them. Second Chronicles, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me today. Second Chronicles. The Chronicles are an account or writings um, taking place 
um, from a span of about 400 years, probably written in 5 BC. Second Chronicles was a compilation of a small group of Jews who have returned from Israel, returned to Israel after the fall of the Babylonian Empire. So we're going to go to a history lesson here for a moment. So this, this account takes place really starting from about 971 BC when Solomon is king, taking over for his, his father David. He takes the throne and then it finishes with the exile in the southern kingdom of uh, Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel in probably 586. So there's that span of about 400 years, but it's not accounted and written down until about 5 BC. So here it is, Solomon begins his faithful reign, right, from his father, builds this great temple, and then uh, he starts to slip away from God in his latter uh, reigning years. And here we understand he's, he has all this luxury and then he gets distracted by wealth and women. And, but then he has his son Rehoboam. Rehoboam, that's where it all starts to fall apart, right? Rehoboam was not uh, a very good king at all. He was rebellious and wanted to split the kingdom. But if you go through 2 Chronicles, you begin to talk about, you begin to see all the different kings and their kingdoms and their response to people. The response of people to, to the kingdom uh, of God and, and the kingdom that there's on earth. And the big idea of Chronicles, and you'll see this on the screen, is God blesses his people when they remain faithful to him and joyfully worship the Lord. So if you're to sum up what Chronicles is, but here in the middle of Chronicles, of these events that are unfolding, we have a familiar verse. Second Chronicles 7, 14 says this. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. So we know that verse, we've heard that verse probably, but I think that verse for us has so much in it that we need to listen to and we need to understand because this is what the people in Chronicles were experiencing. When they turned away from God, the Israelites ended up being in exile. Their freedoms were being taken away from them. They were ended up being put into cultures and societies that marginalized them. But this verse has an if-then statement to it. If-then. I'm always mindful, if I ever see that in the scripture of this if-then, I, I like it because it kind of says, if I do this, then this is what happens. Or if I don't do this, this is what, like, it's kind of like, it breaks it down real simple for me. I'm kind of a simple person, so I need it broken down simply. If, then. So here we go. The first if. If the people of God humble themselves, and basically humility is this. It's not being a humble person, which that's okay. There's something great about, but humility in this scripture is talking about, it means that we're placing God above all things and we're choosing to take a lower place. It's this 
idea that like what Jesus prayed, not my will, Father, but your will be done kind of idea, right? And the opposite of humility is pride, which is this. This is the way you define pride, is I get to decide what's right in my own eyes. And we see the kings and chronicles, the ones who had pride, who thought that they were the ultimate authority, but pride was actually ultimately their downfall. We know that that was Satan's ultimate downfall as well. By the way, did you know that Satan was an archangel residing with God in his kingdom, and then he decided he wanted to be like God and instituted a rebellion. A third of the angels left with him, and now we know them as demons today, but um, that's all they are as fallen angels. But then it says this, if you pray and seek God, so here's the if, if people will humble themselves, if you pray, again, we're on this theme of prayer, and seek God. So this prayer is like, I'm praying not just for myself, it's praying saying, God, what's on your heart? Right, praying and seeking God and turn from your wicked ways and that's repentance. And turn from your wicked ways. So if you do all these things, then, I'm gonna go to then in a second, but I just wanna pause on this idea of humility. I wonder if we're having a hard time with humility. This is a thought that popped in my mind. So if it's garbage, you can throw it out. If it means something to you, then we'll give God the credit for it. (laughs) But I wonder if this is why we struggle with humility is because we're trying to keep putting God higher in our life. We know we gotta put God first in our life. We gotta put God higher in our life. But we, we struggle with the idea that we actually we need to actually become lower. We, we actually need to uh, lower ourselves. So when I say go lower, I want you to repeat this. Go lower. Okay, go lower. And I think that's what humility, if God's trying to tell us anything right now, it's like, yes, God is above all things, but we need to posture ourselves to go lower to go lower. Oh, good job. (laughs) Keep doing it. Keep doing it. So humility is being willing to go lower. Go lower. Perfect. You guys are amazing. Now, for those of you at home who are watching at home, did you repeat go lower is the question. So is there a connection between humility and prayer? And is the act of going to our knees in prayer an act of humility? And I wonder if there is a connection to go lower. So here goes the then. The then will be, so you have, if you do these things, then I will hear from heaven, which means God will hear the prayers of people and he'll answer them. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. The interesting thing is we want all the latter We want all the then. We want God to hear us. We want God to forgive our sin. We want God to heal our land, but we're not willing to do the if. Do we need to be reminded of what the if is? If we go lower, which is humility. If we'll pray, repent, seek God, 
then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their land. This is a critical time for our nation. I'm sure you are very well aware of it. You cannot hardly keep up with the news feeds of the chaos that's not only going on in our own nation, but around the world. But as our nation, who is a nation founded under God, right? We want to put God in our government. We want to put God in our in our judicial system. We want to put God in our churches. We want to put God in our schools. And systematically, we began to remove God from these places. And we wonder why. We wonder why we are where we are today. I was, um, I'm a, I have the privilege of being a coach um, through a group called Overseed. And we, I partner with a uh, pastor in town, Matt Fur from Centerpoint Church, we co-coach in this to help traditional churches um, go through a process of re- revitalization. And um, we were hearing stories of this, of saying, um, uh, of one guy who was telling us in their congregational church, they were so excited because before their pastor died, he gave his life to the Lord. <laughs> right? Did you catch that? Before their pastor died, he gave his life to the Lord. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, that is, can happen. That can happen, that there would be actually people, ministers in churches, and yet they don't even believe what they preach, or maybe they don't preach the Bible. But today, we're wondering why our nation is the way we are. We're divided Because there are people who are wanting to do things, what they think is right in their own eyes. And quite frankly, there's a real possibility we, the people of God, also have idols in our lives. And that Jesus does not live on the throne of our hearts like he should, but instead he lives on pages that get dusted off every now and then. And we relegate him to words on a page and not the power that he wants to have residing inside of us to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth to the power of his Holy Spirit through people of Jesus following people who care about what God is saying and doing and asking us to participate with him. But if you're willing to humble ourselves and pray and go lower. Pray and go lower. There we go. Then he will hear our prayers and he will forgive our sins and he will heal our land. So it's time to go lower. And repent. Repenting is not just saying sorry, by the way. Repenting is not just saying sorry. It's turning from our wicked ways. And just in case when you start hearing me say repentance and turning from our wicked ways, you're thinking about all of your wicked friends. I want you to not think about them. I want you to think about you. Because <laughs> we all have a dark side inside of our souls, every single one of us, that keep needing the saving grace of Jesus Christ in us. See, um, So our pride has said this. Our pride has said this. We have redefined what marriage is in our pride. 
Our pride has made a determination on sexual orientation based on feelings. That's what our pride has done. We determine sexual orientation by how we feel. And pride says we've removed the value of life and we want to play God and determine that we can choose to take the life of the vulnerable. That's what our pride has done. Pride says that, well, we've made sex as an activity to be shared with anyone and no longer held in the sacred place of marriage. That's what pride has done. We, we've said that whatever, well, if it feels right or if it seems right to me, I'll pick and choose what I want from God's word or I'll justify in some way. But that's what pride does. That's not what humility and going lower does. Okay, I, I know it's really easy to say, that doesn't relate to me. I got one for you. I really have one for you. Just maybe pride says we've made our phones our gods. And we've turned it to the first thing in the morning instead of turning to our Father in heaven. You might say, well, I wasn't the one who created those laws of our land. And I would say you did. Because you elected people to represent you to have those laws made for our land. Or should I say the church maybe even chose to disengage for a period from the political process. And now we're reaping the consequences. This week, I want us to go to our knees and pray. This week, I want us to go lower go lower. Humble ourselves before the Lord and saying, you know what? I, I know I struggle with wanting to do what I want to do. But God, I want to do what your word says to do. I, I want to live by the breath of your spirit and not by the not by my own mind and my own flesh. I want to live by what your word says, not just by what I feel like. So this week, we're going to go to our knees. And if you can, I would recommend try praying on your knees. I know some of you can't do that, and that's okay. And then I want you to repent and let them heal that area of your life. By the way, remember, repentance is not saying I'm sorry, but actually turning from your wicked ways. Then I also want you to begin to realize that prayer, which is so powerful because it puts us in a posture of humility. We need to begin praying for this nation. We are at the 11th hour for our nation. Is it too late? I don't believe so. And there is a move that is taking place right now. If you watched anything on the Washington Mall taking place this past week, people gathering to pray. There is prayer emerging throughout this nation, which is giving me some hope. But I want us to participate in that. And then as we pray, I also want you to begin to think about this. 
what is going to be my part to vote this year? Election day is coming up fast. First part of November. It's about four weeks away. And I really want us to begin to to look at, this is not a political time to talk for me, right? It's, It's a time to prayerfully consider who are the candidates that best represent biblical values and vote for them. Vote for them. If you can't get to the uh, voting stations, the voting polls this year, I would encourage you, because of COVID or what have you, make sure now's the time to get your absentee ballot. I believe that God is, is bringing the people of faith, his people together to pray. I believe that it is not too late. It is not too late. But if we choose to remove ourselves from a place of humility and still walk in pride, and I know it's hard for me to say, pride, really, in the church, for for me? And I would say yes, for me. (laughs) I don't know about you. But I'm choosing this week to pray, to go lower, to repent. Today's big idea, if you were to walk away with saying, what did he talk about today? We talked about the world's crazy. We talked about chronicles and that scripture that, that really gave us that if and then. But if you want to boil it down to a simple thought, it's this, go lower. We'll try that again. Go lower. Go lower. Thank you. Pray and repent. History is the greatest predictor of the future. The writer of Chronicles gave us the key to our prosperity and freedom, and it's not too late. It's not too late. But we don't want to make the same mistakes as those kings who wanted to do what was right in their own eyes. I believe it's a moment in time for us. It is a moment in time for his church to humble themselves and pray. To turn from their wicked ways. And then his promise to us is that he will heal our land. He will forgive our sins. And he will hear our prayers. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.